0: Hi, this is Finn from Open City. Unfortunately, as you've no doubt noticed, there's a new wave of COVID spreading unchecked throughout the UK, which has, unfortunately, struck the architect Amandeep Singh Kaura who is going to be my guest today to discuss, among other things, the collapse of Boris Johnson's government, which has seen the resignation of yet another housing minister, and what urban designers need to do to respond to these increasingly common and increasingly ferocious heat waves as climate change accelerates. Those are threads we'll have to pick up next week when Amandeep will hopefully be back on form and be back in the studio here at Bureau in North Greenwich's design district. But in the absence of a London episode, I thought instead we'd play you one of my favourite episodes of the Architecture Foundation's new podcast series, Power and Public Space. So this series, which was made in collaboration with Drawing Matter, is all about the politics of public space. Across its episodes, which take the form of long interviews with an amazing series of guests, it asks questions like, how does a garden become an act of resistance against gentrification? What role does architecture play in the stories we tell ourselves about our history, our hopes, and our dreams? It's a slower and more reflective show than The Lundown, with some very deep conversations and some important topics. In the episode we're going to play for you today, Matthew Blunderfield from the Architecture Foundation speaks with Mark Wallinger, who was the first artist to occupy the fourth plinth in Trafalgar Square in 1999. It's a conversation about art, democracy, protest and free speech, all topics frequently at the fore of debates concerning London's built environment. I hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, make sure to subscribe to their podcast. Here's episode five of
1: Power and Public Space you're listening to power and public space a co-production of drawing matter and the architecture foundation i'm your host matthew blunderfield in this episode i speak with mark wallinger i'm
2: mark wallinger and i'm an artist working in london
1: much of wallinger's art exists in public space He's made films and performance pieces set in tube stations and airports, and was the first artist to occupy the empty fourth plinth in Trafalgar Square in 1999. In this episode, Wallinger discusses the installation State Britain, which reconstructs a protest encampment originally erected in Parliament Square in 2001 by the peace activist Brian Ha. This was in opposition to the UK's foreign policy in Iraq. The encampment was dismantled in 2006 under a new decree called the Serious Organized Crime and Police Act, effectively drawing a one-kilometer radius around Parliament, within which unauthorized protests are prohibited. This protest exclusion zone happens to run right through the middle of Tate Britain, where Wallinger faithfully reconstructed Haas' encampment, placing it literally half in and half out of this threshold of controlled expression, with the line itself clearly marked on the floor. The installation was both a continuation of Ha's protest, as well as an artwork about it, and the line it traced became a kind of territorial drawing, marking a disputed boundary around what can be said in opposition to political authority, as well as where and in what context we can say it. This conversation was recorded in May of 2022. Mark and I recorded remotely from our respective studios in London. And now, my conversation with Mark Wallinger. I mean, a lot of artists' work never leaves the confines of the gallery, whereas a lot of your work is out in the world and a part of everyday life. So I wanted to start by asking why it's so important for you to make art in the public realm.
2: In a sense, ever since Duchamp, there's there's a way in which... The public, the quotidian, can be displaced into a museum space and pretend the kind of radicality, but in the end, they just reflect on the power of those institutions to, to give them, uh, give those things, credence. So, in in a funny kind of way, it's the kind of opposite thing that 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 needs to be performed in public space. And you know, I guess I was interested in this before Eki homo but obviously that kind of you know that being the first work that was on the, the empty
1: plinth
2: that kind of opened up the floodgates well, I say floodgates but that opened up opportunities I guess
1: Yeah, just for listeners who don't remember or aren't aware of Ekihama, it was a statue of Jesus Christ balanced somewhat precariously on the plinth's edge wearing a crown of barbed wire um, I just I kind of want to dig a little more into that question, the broad question about why work in the public realm um, you mentioned something about art in the gallery context conferring power on the institution that displays it whereas yeah. art in the public does the opposite. Could you talk more about what you mean by that
2: in a sense it it has to a work outside of those contexts has to earn its right to be there really i mean in in a sense, you know. Public civic space is something we all share, something we all kind of pay for, really, and and something that's part of our democratic heritage, if if you like, you know. And so one can't leaflet an entire population about what is you know <laughs> suddenly going to appear in their high street, you know. And mm-hmm. and and so you know, so there's there are there are you know there's responsibilities there as well as opportunities, you know. Um, but I. I I think I enjoy it because it's an opportunity to work with um specific contexts of of time and place and history and 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 you know and 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 what that brings to bear on the work and and, and on my thinking about what what might be appropriate you know so yeah mm-hmm.
1: um so one of your projects I wanted to focus on in relation to this topic of power and public space is the State Britain installation you made inside the Tate Britain Gallery in London in 2007. This was the piece that won you that won you the Turner Prize that year and involved you recreating a protest encampment that was originally staged by the activist Brian Ha out in front of Parliament in 2001. So specifically, Ha was protesting the economic sanctions against Iraq and particularly their effect on children, could you talk more about first of all the tactics that ha used and what exactly the original encampment looked like
2: um, Yes well i mean he he started there in in June two thousand and one uh, originally uh, protesting against the sanctions against iraq and then and then and then the war ensued um, i I was Living in Berlin when, when the war started, and then um, uh, I, yeah, and and so Brian's process and encampment grew, and various people uh, contributed to it, and um, and then in two thousand and five, uh, uh, was the uh, serious crime and police act. Um, Serious Organised Crime and Police Act, which was partly an effort to get rid of, of Brian, but the law was framed in, in such a way that his lawyers uh, argued successfully for a while that, that, you know, because he was there predating the law, it, it wouldn't apply to him. But so this law in 2005 instituted an exclusion zone a kilometre around Parliament, and protesters would have to apply to. The police in advance of 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 any kind of protest, and 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 so we got the kind of ridiculous thing that happened. Like Maya Evans got arrested for reading out a list of uh, British war dead in in front of the Senate. Half and and uh, um. Anyway, so that so by this time Brian's uh, process was was substantial, and and I started taking photographs. Of it and get, getting to know Brian and um, and what was depressing was um, even from more kind of liberal organs of the press like the Guardian all dismissed Brian uh, uh, as a crank and and you but you could tell that no one had taken the time to cross the road to see what he had to say and and in a sense the images and his arguments and his means of expressing them, were all things that had become censored or, or in a sense, self-censored uh, from the TV. I mean, I remember speaking to John Snow, the journalist, about how, in the end, there were, there were films and stuff coming back from Iraq that that were not being used because the imagery was, was too shocking and then, before long the reporters started self-censoring you know so so the, the you know there were shocking pictures of of uh the effects of depleting uranium on on children uh from the first iraq war and um and down down to you know very uh acute observations about the number of hours spent on debating fox hunting as 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 against those debating going to war and you know and 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 so it was it was a hell of a document there were, there were other artists that had contributed to it uh Banksy and Leo Kuhn and and, and etc and then um but in in a sense the the, the work came about because in April of 2000 uh, six. The Tate got in touch with me because what had been programmed in for the Duveen Galleries in 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 Tate Britain, they had pulled out from the program. So they had a yeah. They 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 said they were asking me and a couple of other artists if if there was anything that, that they were working on or, or whatever that could be shown there. And by this point, you know, I I had a kind of you know a document of photographs of of. Brian's protest. And I, I, and I was very disappointed as well about the qu- quiescent kind of reaction to SOCPA, the Serious Organised Crime and Police Act, which, you know, w- was a restriction on freedom of speech, the freedoms of protest. And, and people didn't seem to be particularly up in arms about this curtailment of, mm. of, of, yeah.
1: I just want to give listeners a sense of what exactly Brian's encampment looked like. And it, it was composed of Placards Mm. and banners and messages Mm. and personal Mm. items. Uh, There was a mattress, several teddy bears. It grew to around 130 feet in length from June 2001 until May 2006. And as you say, there are a lot of uh, very disturbing images of the consequences of the UK's foreign policy against Iran, especially the consequences as experienced by children in that country. Um, but ultimately, the government intervened and evicted Ha and dismantled his protest material, citing, as you say, this new decree targeted specifically at him, stating that no political demonstration can occur less than one kilometer from Parliament Square. Yeah. yeah. So what, what made you decide to recreate Ha's encampment inside an art gallery? And how exactly did you do it?
2: Well, we we kind of knew that the the the, um, the clock was kind of ticking a bit on on um, on Brian. I mean, they they they'd also shifted. You know, rather than before a court or a magistrate or whatever, it, it was the police themselves that could decide whether something was uh, a lawful protest or not. And and then the state's lawyers won their appeal against Brian's. Uh, about his his presence there, um, and and so I felt there was a, there was actually now some urgency on something that was about to be removed. Brian, Brian and the process removed, um, and so I arranged to meet um, two take curators and and actually I walked them from the, the tape past the. Buxton Memorial to the end of slavery, the Burgers of Calais, the the Pankhurst statue, and 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 said I I, yeah, I mean to realise this and and gestured towards the square. And that being said, then it was that very night that seventy-eight police descended on on the square and and removed everything except for one eight by four uh, foot bald but Brian could still remain, but but he he the size of his process was severely, yeah, cut to 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 that extent, and so then it it was just getting a team together to to try and uh, to realize the yeah the, the recreation.
1: And just to be clear, this installation was a faithful reproduction, but most of the material there was actually constructed or reconstructed it wasn't the original material that uh, that brian had used so you had like a pretty extensive team yeah, of art, yeah. Uh, that you were working with to to create this this faithful yeah representation of of what occurred
2: yes yes and and to kind of source all the original photographs and material that, that yeah uh, that was there yeah
1: so this is really interesting to me because it it it's quite a feat to reproduce this um, one-to-one scale Mm. of a, of a now non-existent encampment Mm. with almost entirely new material. Um, And I read in an art form review of the piece that when Ha went to the Tate with new items Mm. to Mm. add to (laughs) what he thought of as being his display, Mm. he was told by the guards and then by the curators that he couldn't do so that, since this was a work of art, he couldn't add to it. And for me, this is really interesting because it it gets at the heart of this now muddled distinction between a real act of protest and the artwork that represents it. And I just wonder, did you had you heard about, hey, trying to do this, and what were your thoughts about it? Um, I. I
2: um... I think Brian, yeah, he he may have brought in a, a, a couple of things, and then he was quite active in uh, um, documenting the the work as as it was in 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 the museum. But um, we agreed it, it it in a sense it, it was uh, the confiscation as well as its embodiment that that the thing. Represented, um, and 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 there was a, a loss there. that I mean, there there are a lot of um. Uh, thresholds. I I I guess. So you know, there's the kilometer zone which we kind of um, marked on the floor throughout all the galleries, actually of of, of Tate Britain, the perimeter and And as soon as you draw a line like that the, the notion that on one side you're free to say what what you like and on the other uh that's against the law um mm. what, what was important then then there's the notion of what what constitutes public space is it is it within uh a publicly funded museum like the Tate or uh or is it the street yeah um and, and so all, all those things came in, in, into play as well.
1: Um, mm, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's worth, it's worth explaining to listeners this black line that was painted down the middle of the gallery, which represented, as you say, the extent of this protest exclusion zone. And the Tate gallery happened to be sitting half in and half out of that zone of yeah. exclusion. And so did the artwork itself. So you're flirting with... Um, um, this idea that you can transgress these restrictions within the confines of the gallery and the context of this being an artwork. And in fact, there were no repercussions or consequences to the protests continuing, in a sense, half in this exclusion area, which is really interesting Mm -hmm. and kind of frames the gallery as probably one of the last... (laughs) safe spaces for this kind of freedom of expression um that a lot of your work seems to cherish mm.
2: i think yeah i mean i think i mean i i i was asked to um uh curate a show which became what i called the russian linesman at, at, at the hayward gallery in 2009 and and uh in a funny kind of way once i'd been approached i i I tried to look back through what I'd made down the years as objectively as possible to think, well, what is it <laughs> that, that preoccupies me? What are my, you know? And, and I do seem to have a bit of an obsession about the liminal, about um, thresholds, borders, things transforming or, or, or that, po- that point of change or, or that edge of am- ambiguity.
1: Mark, thank you so okay. much for well, your Thank time. you, Matthew, yeah, yeah. Power in Public Space is a co-production of Drawing Matter and the Architecture Foundation. I'm Matthew Blunderfield, and I make the show. Check out the other episodes in this series, which are all online and ready to stream wherever you're hearing this now. If you like the show, leave a rating on iTunes, and thanks for listening.